So we're here again for a monthly update. Uh, and this month you have the dubious pleasure of seeing myself and Mike on screen. Uh, so apologies for that. Uh, Mike, good to see you. Uh, and thanks Hi, for joining us, Heather. Yeah, yeah. Good. We've got uh, an interesting time ahead of us with the uh, US elections really heating up. What have you been uh, looking at? We're coming into a really crucial uh, period just to understate matters. Uh, so as it stands at the, at the time of, of speaking, uh, Biden is well ahead in some states and in some national polls, uh, maybe 10 uh, points ahead of, of Trump. Uh, and the market reaction, I think, supports that in that equities are rallying allegedly on the, the, the sense that a Biden victory uh, means you won't have a con uh, or the, the, the size of the Biden-Eden polls means you won't have a, a, a contested uh, election. And also individual Democrats are polling well uh, against um, Republicans, uh, even in some of the southern states. Uh, and and I, I would probably caution a little bit because, um, you know, the, the political pen pendulum in the states has swung one way or to one extreme with Trump in terms of where taxes uh, and regulation are, and they will swing back the other way. So I think once we get over the sense that we have certainty and I think calm, maybe for the next three or four years or a lack of noise in politics, then I think the market will begin to price in some of the more maybe redistributive policies of a Biden uh, administration. But for now, in the short term, it's it's risk on. Um, and just maybe to shift gears a bit to the, to the bond markets. Uh, again, we've had a period of, of super low interest rates, Italian uh, bond deals, for example, hitting multi-century lows. I've looked at a chart going back 700 years, and we have the lowest Italian uh, bond yields um, in, in all time. What, what's your reading across the, the international bond markets? So I guess I'm not the only one that's read a history of interest rates. Fascinating reading. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think certainly if you look past, over the past couple of months, we've hardly seen government bond yields shifting. And even when we go to the corporate bond markets where you tend to see a bit more volatility, the actions of the Federal Reserve really seem to have calmed things down. You know, we saw this at the end of March when they came in and started intervening. First in the investment grade market, and then of course they moved on to the high yield market as well. And it's really difficult for bond fund managers at present, I think, to really create any value because you're not earning any carry because yield is so low, the income produced by bonds is minimal. And there's not much opportunity to pick up uh, capital return from bonds as well because prices aren't moving around because there's no volatility. So, you know, it, it, it's supportive for equity prices in a way uh, because yields being low pushes people a lot out along the risk curve into equities. But uh, it's not great news if you're a bond fund manager because there's not much value to add, I'm afraid. Maybe you know, we could see a move in bond yields if there's more stimulus measures and those are seen as inflationary. But I don't think the latest update on possible stimulus was actually that conclusive. Uh, did you see this? Yeah, so, so I, I think there is this argument uh, lurking behind the bond markets that uh, a decisive fiscal stimulus, particularly in the States, 
um, might ignite a debate on, you know, inflation, will we get inflation in, into the future? So in, in the States, the debate about a stimulus has been dragging on for some time now. And I, I think is running into a time limit in the sense that senators will want to get back to their own states to campaign. My own sense is that if we if we finally get a stimulus bill, it will be much more limited than the, the one we had in the immediate past of the of the um, the coronavirus, and it may be enough just to tide individuals and businesses over till the towards the the end of the year. Uh, so I, I'm not massively optimistic um, in terms of where U.S. growth is going to go. Maybe in the next two quarters, I think we're just maybe fomenting something uh, something deeper. One area I think I am optimistic on is China. A lot of the numbers coming out of China uh, are really beginning to pick up. Um, and I think that's one positive area just to keep keep focused on in terms of the, the economy. Uh, and then in other uh, uh, you know, monetary jurisdictions, central banks are looking to be even more ambitious. And of course, we, we have this conversation in the UK uh, about negative rates. Uh, I mean, do you think that that will work? I think the first thing to um, uh, reference is that there's a new story out yesterday that says the Bank of England has written to a number of UK banks saying, are you prepared and, and set up for you know, the possibility of negative interest rates? Could your systems actually handle it? Uh, which you know suggests that they are a step closer to trying this. In terms of whether they would work, I'm not really sure. I, I think if you look at what happened in Europe with negative interest rates, and to an extent Japan as well with very, very low rates, you can see how it really hurts the banking sector. Mm -hmm. And you know this probably explains why UK banks are you know, not quite as low as they were in 2008 in the financial crisis in terms of share prices. But, you know, they're heading in that direction again. And a healthy banking sector is really important for the economy. I'm not sure it's a great idea myself. We yeah. might see the impact in the currency markets. You know, that might be the outlet. Um, we might see people just shun the pound even more. And it's difficult because we also have Brexit coming up in again. And the October 15th deadline is just a couple of days away at the time of recording. So we'll have to figure out what impact the potential negative interest rates is having, uh, as well as the exit negotiations. There's going to be a lot to analyse, um, but to answer your question, I, I'm not I'm not that keen on negative. I tend to agree, and um, I think there's been, there's been some some work done in, in the Fed and in the US as well. Uh, I suppose intellectually, just cutting uh, this policy avenue off as a way for the Fed to go. Uh, and just finally, we, we, we've discussed a lot some of the themes in, in our idiosyncratic portfolios. Um, two that are quite timely and apt are in healthcare. Um, one, I think, in, in healthcare transformation, the other, healthcare innovation. Maybe we finish with just a, a quick update on those. Yeah, it's interesting to look at some of the themes that our clients hold. Uh, and healthcare, obviously, is one that's uh, been in the news this year, shall we say. Uh, and we have two ETFs. So one, as you mentioned, is you know broad healthcare exposure. So that's got the big names in there, the AstraZeneca's of the world, etc. And over the past year, that's up about twenty percent in terms of uh, total return. Now the other one is almost this junction of two themes because you've got healthcare and you've got technology. 
And this is the um, Healthcare Innovation ETF. And that one over the past year was up about 53%. You know, it's really combined two very popular narratives for investors and really been one of the um, strongest performing themes that we have or clients have in their portfolios. And now these obviously are held on an execution only basis. So, you know, this is not a recommendation. Uh, it's just an interesting observation on uh, the difference in performance between two healthcare focused ETFs. Uh, when you get that extra kicker of having technology and innovation uh, added into the mix. Okay, that's a, a, an optimistic note, I think, to uh, uh, to finish on. And I think next year, hopefully, we'll, we'll be over the uh, over COVID. And I think many people are actually beginning to think of next year uh, as a year of optimism and innovation. So that's quite a good way to uh, to finish on. Uh, and I guess the next time we, we speak again, Daniel, we will know who the next um, president is and how the market is going to, to, to react to that. Hopefully so. Hopefully they won't be arguing about the results. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Okay, good. Thanks very much.